Welcome to Saving Grace Church, located in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Our mission at Saving Grace Church is to love God, love others, and reach the world for Christ. We hope that this message brings you closer to God and helps strengthen your walk with Christ. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Joe, and Merry Christmas to you all. To get our gears turned a little bit, I want you to be a bit reflective. I want you to think of the past year of 2018. How has 2018 been for you? Has it been a good year? Maybe for some of you it's been your best year of your life. Maybe for some of you it's been the most challenging year of your life. You might even go so far as to say it was the worst year of your life. Maybe 2018 felt like a roller coaster where you have just been tossed all over the place. In many ways, that's how my 2018 has felt. It's been a challenging year in a number of ways. And so the question for us is, can we have hope even when our world does not unfold the way we had hoped? Can we have a real hope when the circumstances in our life are not good, when they're bleak, when they're challenging, when they flip us upside down? Here's the good news this evening. No matter what your life has been like or what your life will be like as you look towards a new year, The hope that we just sang about, the hope that we're going to hear about from the Bible for a few minutes, is a hope that no circumstance can change. It's a hope that is fixed and certain. The hope that has come is Jesus Christ. And if you get to know Him, no matter how difficult your life becomes, no matter how challenging, no matter how bleak at times, you can have a fixed and certain hope that will be deep inside of you that is not circumstantial in any way. And that's what I want to tell us about and remind us of tonight. In the book of Matthew, chapter 1, verse 21 through 23, an angel is speaking to Joseph, the father of Jesus. Joseph is contemplating divorcing his wife because he found out she's pregnant. Well, the angel talks to Joseph, and here's what he says. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Jesus. Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, the hope of Christmas, the hope of Jesus coming, is a hope of rescue, a hope of restoration, a hope of life eternal that Jesus offers. Hope has come. And see, when the angel talked to Joseph, he had a message for him. It would have been normal for Joseph to name his firstborn son Joseph. But the angel wanted Joseph to know this son is unique. This son is unique in many ways. He is fully God. He is God coming 
to earth. And his name, Jesus, literally means rescuer or savior. See, this son that Mary was going to carry was the hope of the world. He was the answer to all human suffering, all sin that has affected all humanity. This baby was unique. And this baby was a sinless baby. A perfect child. A perfect teenager. A perfect grown man. I was thinking about this. Those of you who have brothers and sisters. If Jesus was your big brother, in some ways it would be great. Because the hope of the world's your brother. In other ways, it wouldn't be so great. Think about this way. If somebody, let's say, writes on a wall in your bedroom, and you say, Jesus did it. And then you talk to his mom and dad, to Mary and Joseph. You say, Mom and Dad, Jesus did it. No, he didn't. Jesus is perfect. If you come into the room with a black eye, and you say, Jesus punched me. No, he didn't. He's perfect. If a lie has spread through the siblings, well, Jesus started it. No, he didn't. He's perfect. See, Jesus is perfect in every way, not just as an elementary school student, but as a teenager and a grown man. He never sinned in any way. He was fully God and fully man. Jesus said this about himself in John 14. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way to eternal life. I am the absolute truth. And I am the life. I am the one who can satisfy. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, this hope that came in the form of a baby is the way to a relationship with God. Is the way to have our sins forgiven. It's the way to deep satisfaction. See, some of us in this room have, have tried to find life in other things, satisfaction in other things. And they don't satisfy. And they leave us conflicted and miserable at times. And Jesus came to offer a completely different life to all who trust in him. Well, how does this rescuer rescue? How does this one who is perfect bring hope? Not only did he never sin in any way, perfectly obeyed God the Father. Every single time he was tempted, he resisted. But when he was in his late 20s or early 30s, the fulfillment of why he came to earth actually occurred. It wasn't just for all the miracles. It wasn't just for all the kind Acts and the incredible teaching. No, he he primarily came for one reason, and that was to die as a substitute for sinners. See, as we think about Christmas, we have to think about Easter. See, when Jesus was perfectly obeying as a toddler and an elementary school student and a teenager and a man in his 20s, he was doing it for you and I. He was doing it to be a perfect substitute for us to pay for our sins. Because we can't pay for our own sins and wrongs against God. 
Only a perfect substitute could do that. And when the angels filled the sky at the the birth of Jesus, the reason they were so excited is because they knew salvation had come to all who placed their trust in Jesus. So does this mean because Jesus came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, rose from the grave and ascended to heaven, does this mean that all of us automatically have eternal life? Does this mean that we all automatically go to heaven? The answer to that question is no. It is a free gift. Salvation is a free gift, but it has to be received. It has to be received, just like any gift that you or I would get. Now imagine some of you may have a gift like this under your Christmas tree at home, or you may have gifts in your stocking. This one has a name tag on it. I wrapped this gift. It's not so good, but hopefully it looks good from where you're sitting. Well, this gift, if I put your name on it, your first name, your middle name, your last name, it's your gift with your name on it that someone gave for you. But if it's just sitting here with your name on, we have Christmas, and we go into the new year, and you walk into your living room, and there's, there's the gift. But you never opened it. You never received it. It was for you. But you just looked at it year after year. It's now 2028, and there's the gift. Paper faded, dust on it. Still has your first, middle, and last name on it. Right there for you. See, that's what it's like to know about Jesus, but not receive him. Hope must be received. See, here's the thing. It might be hard for some of you to believe this, but when God sent Jesus to earth, he had you in mind. He had you in mind. Not a, just a mass of humanity. He had you with your personality, with all the maybe crazy things you've done in your life. He had you in mind. See, God the Father loves you so much. He didn't just send Jesus to rescue an unnamed people. He knows you by name. He's watched over you. He's preserved your life to this point. And He wants you to receive the gift of salvation. But you play a part in that. You have to call out to Him. You have to turn to Him. You have to trust in Him. See, it's possible, especially living in this country, to know a lot about Jesus. Maybe the Christmas account that we heard from Matthew and Luke. Maybe you've heard that every year that you can remember since you were a little child. Maybe all the songs that we sang tonight are most of the familiar Christmas hymns. You, you know all the words. And that's great. But the most important thing is that you know Jesus personally. That you call out to him. It's not enough to just know things about him. He wants you to know him. And see, when you know him, it changes everything about you. You are transformed from the inside out. John writes this in in, in chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. But to all who did receive him, 
who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. See, when you call out to him and you receive a gift, the Bible says you're made new. You're made into an entirely new creation. And it's a free gift, but it has to be received. Ephesians says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Don't let another Christmas go by where you're uncertain if your sins have been forgiven, where you're uncertain if you're going to heaven, where you're uncertain if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. See, I think sometimes we think about the Bible or church as something like a New Year's resolution. So probably in this room, if we took a survey, we all might have some plans for the new year. Maybe some of us want to lose a few pounds. Maybe some of us are going to go back to the gym. Maybe some of you are going to learn a new language. And we're just going to turn a new leaf and try something new. Well, sometimes I think we might think of the Bible that way. Or as church that way. Well, maybe I'll just start going to church. That will help me change my perspective, change my mind a bit. It's not a bad thing to read the Bible. It's a great thing. It's not a bad thing to go to church. It's a great thing. But the most important thing is placing your personal trust in Jesus Christ. That will change everything about you. You will be transformed from the inside out the moment you put your trust in Jesus Christ. The Bible says that we're born again, meaning His Spirit comes inside of us. And this major transformation process begins And that means those of you who are ensnared to all kinds of sins and habits you cannot break, when God's Spirit comes inside of you, there's a new power. There's a new ability that you did not have naturally, that that is supernatural inside of you. And so God begins to transform you. Jesus talked to one lady in the Bible who was very ashamed of her sins. She had had five failed marriages, and when Jesus met her, the man that she was living with was not her husband. And uh, she was ashamed to get water at the well. And so she was there in the middle of the day rather than in the morning or the evening when everyone else went. And as Jesus began to interact with her, what he told her was that he could give her living water, satisfying spiritual life. That no man could give her, no anything she was looking to could give her. See, when you turn to Jesus, it's not just changing some outward things. It's being made spiritually alive and new. And that's the hope that comes. It comes with faith. You have to believe it. You have to believe what the Bible says about Jesus. You have to believe it in your mind. You have to believe it in your heart. Maybe some of you have done what I've done this Christmas season where for a while the UPS guy was showing up at our house every evening, it seemed like. And he would give a package, but we had to sign for the package. So I'd have to, okay, is this ours? Did we pay for it? And I'd have to sign for it. So it took a level of, okay, he's telling me some information. 
I'm going to believe that information. I'm going to take some action. I'm going to sign. See, at times we have to make a decision for Jesus. But here's the crazy thing. Even about the decision to trust in Jesus, even that is a gift from God. See, the Bible says we're not born of blood, meaning we're not, we're not saved because we're a certain race or ethnicity. But we're born of God. God makes us alive. And so if you cry out to Him and ask Him to give you spiritual life, ask Him to rescue you, ask Him to make you new, ask Him to give you faith to believe in Jesus Christ, He will do that. He will not turn you away. There is nothing you have done that Jesus cannot forgive. There is nothing, absolutely nothing you have ever done that Jesus cannot wash away with his perfect shed blood. See, it's a real gift that transcends all circumstances. And I know many of you in this room have trusted in Jesus. And the moment you trusted in Jesus, the Bible says you became his child, his son or daughter. And nothing can ever take that away. See, this, this evening as we sing about this hope that's come, it's an eternal hope. It's a hope that lasts forever. And see, Jesus described himself as the light of the world. When you turn on the news, when you look around, even in Indiana County, surrounding areas, there's a lot of trouble, a lot of challenges, a lot of darkness. The only hope for that darkness is Jesus Christ. And he's the hope that has come. Let's pray and have the band come up and we're going to sing a few more songs. Lord, thank you for coming. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are the one who opens our eyes to see you. And I pray you would impart faith to everyone in this room who needs to know you and needs their sins forgiven. I pray you would surprise them this Christmas Eve with the gift of eternal life. And for those who do know you, I pray you'd fill them with a deep joy and satisfaction and confidence in being your son or daughter. And we will give you all the praise. Amen. Let's all stand and sing.